Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. In this episode, we're going to talk about some more algorithmic turbulence. We'll talk about some changes that Google's made in uh, how search results are displayed um, and a bunch of other things that hopefully will be relevant to your work as a, as a marketer. Um, as I record this episode, it's currently Thursday, November 29th, 2018, and I'm recording the episode kind of late in the day. It's almost time for me to uh, head home um, not sure if you'll be hearing this today, or I think many of you probably listen to this podcast throughout the week. Uh, so hopefully the things that I say are going to be topical for um, what's happening right now. It looks like there was some type of a significant update that happened uh, between November 23rd and 26th. We saw a number of sites that we monitor that saw significant increases at this time, which was kind of nice. Um, however, none of the algo checkers, so Mozcast, Algaroo, uh, and also the SEMrush sensor, they're not showing any significant algorithmic turbulence at this time. So what we're hoping is that the improvements that we're seeing are actually improvements because our clients have implemented a bunch of stuff. Um, I give one example in the newsletter, and uh, I can't share which site this is, but it's a, it's a fairly big brand that most of you probably would recognize. And they write on a health subject. Uh, and so this site saw uh, improvements on August 1st, and then they were hit very hard on September 27th and um, came to us for a site quality review. And some of the things that we noticed, so they saw massive, massive gains starting around November 23rd, uh, and they're almost back to where they were uh, after the August 1st update, which is really exciting. And so we feel like the September 27th update, if you were hit with this update, I'm very strongly believing that Google is measuring trust things, whether it's trust in links or, um, you know, a lot of different... This site that saw improvements, um, we really felt like they had issues with not disclosing how they monetize. And I know that, I mean, people would say, how could Google algorithmically determine whether you're being clear about your monetization methods? But this is definitely a pattern that we've seen in sites that saw hits on September 27th. And so what this particular site did was put a big thing right up front and center on their homepage that basically says, here's how we make money. Um, you know, we do this, we do that. There's a membership that you can belong to. And, uh, you know, I think that that helps users because a lot of the time when users come to your site, they're really skeptical. They're afraid that they're going to be sold to or marketed to. And so if you can come straight out and say, look, we make money by the ads on the site, or we make money because we have a connection with uh, lawyers and we send you, uh, we send them leads. I know a lot of you want to hide that information, but if you have to hide it, I think that it's something that could cause um, users to distrust your business. And in turn, that can result in Google um, not trusting the business uh, just as well. The other thing that um, this site did really, really well was improve how they cite medical articles. So if you are a health-related site, this is vitally important. It's all throughout the Quality Raiders guidelines that every time you make a medical claim, it should be backed up by science. And if you make claims that are potentially controversial, so there's some areas of medicine, especially natural medicine, 
a lot of natural medicine sites saw drops um, that coincided with uh, mostly August 1st. Some of them were September 27th. And um, I really think that a lot of these were because they were making claims that could not be backed up by science. So this particular site that saw improvements, they actually did have some claims that couldn't be backed up by science. And what they did was they made a big box and they said, this is a controversial subject. Uh, and they talked about what evidence is um, supporting this and what evidence is against this. And they actually made it, um, you know, a point of discussion that, hey, this is controversial. So again, people would argue, how could Google's algorithms be that uh, sophisticated in picking up that, yes, you're talking about um, a controversial subject and you've covered both sides of the story. This is actually one of the questions that comes up uh, when Panda first came out. Then um, Amit Singhal from Google at the time came up with these 23 questions. If you just search for 23 questions uh, by Amit Singhal on Panda, you will find these questions. And it's what Google said, if you were affected by Panda, you should ask yourself these questions. And the questions are things like, um, would you uh, trust the information that comes from this site? Um, would you give your credit card information to this site? And one of the uh, things that comes up in these questions is, does this article tell both sides of the story? So if you're writing on a subject where you're like, you know what, I'm saying things that are kind of against what everybody else believes, then you should actually be telling your readers that. Um, so I think where Google's algorithms might take issue with, um, uh, people talking about medical topics are where you're saying, look, I know the whole world says that carrots can't cure cancer, but we believe that they can. And then you don't give any reason why. And then you sell, you know, a thousand dollar product uh, that is basically a bag of carrots. I know that seems like a ridiculous thing, but we see this time and time again, that these sites that previously were ranking well on the power of links um, and, you know, good SEO work, Google's being able to figure out that, wait a second, like this site actually is isn't helpful to people. Um, so this particular site that saw improvements, they did actually take great steps to make sure that not only was every medical claim referenced, um, but where they had controversial information, they addressed that fact that it was controversial. So, uh, I mean, the site did a number of other things as well. And we never know when a site actually improves with an, an algorithm update, is it uh, because we've made changes or maybe the algorithms were just, you know, they flipped in a way that now favors this site. Um, so we're hoping that this is because of the uh, the recommendations that we've made. Um, but I do think it's conceivably possible that Google just switched the algorithm up as well. Regardless, those types of things are good for your users. So, um, you know, there's no harm in implementing uh, more transparency across your website. Um, there's a bit of discussion in the latest newsletter, and if you're trying to find the newsletter, you can go to mariehaines.com slash newsletter, and uh, you'll see a list of the, the most recent episodes that are there. A bit of a discussion on whether or not these recent updates are due to links. I'm not going to dwell on this uh, too much in this podcast episode because I've talked about it before, um, but I do think that Google is getting better at figuring out which links to trust. Um, one of the sites, though, that we saw make nice gains uh, with this November 23rd update, I'm a little bit suspicious that they've found ways to build links that Google is not picking up as self-made links. Um, and so uh, I won't say much more about that. I certainly don't want to out the site. Um, but I think that... Uh, 
there might be something to the idea that um, a lot of these updates are about how much Google can trust your link profile. I'm certainly not recommending finding ways to build unnatural links. Um, and I will be interested in watching this particular site. Um, we're certainly not going to report it or anything, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Google's algorithms pick up on the fact that uh, a lot of these links are self-made um, and, and then they see declines again. So stay tuned and I'll keep you updated on that. Um, people are noticing again, we talked about this several months ago about zero search results. Um, in the past, if you Googled the word time, what would happen for a little period of time was that all you would get was a box with the current time. Um, and then people complained because if you're Time Magazine, you kind of uh, have lost all of your search queries for your brand um, if that happened. And so uh, within a couple of days of, of that first coming out, Google rolled it back and made it so that we saw all the search results again. Um, we can't replicate this here, so I don't know if perhaps it's just a US thing, but what we're seeing now is some queries where it's very obvious that you just want the time. Um, so for example, if you Googled time in New York City, uh, you would just see a box that has the time and you wouldn't see any actual search results after that. Um, so I think that Google's trying to do it in a way uh, that doesn't actually hurt any websites. Um, and so, you know, but if you are I think the websites that are going to be hurt are the sites that actually exist to display different time zones and, and whatnot. Um, I think, you know, I've said this before, if your business model is dependent on something that Google can immediately take from you, then that's kind of a scary thing. Um, Google looks to be doing some more testing in how they display featured snippets. Uh, Barry Schwartz, I think, wrote about um, a featured snippet carousel. Uh, and this is just more and more ways for Google to put as much information as possible in the search results. Uh, I don't have a lot of information on this. Um, other than, uh, it looks like, um, so Dr. Pete and I think Stat also talked about uh, how there were, uh, there was a big significant drop in the percentage of time that Google displays video and image boxes. So if you're seeing a drop in image search, I know for a lot of you it's not a big deal, but those of you who rely on image search and on people clicking on your videos right in the search results, you might be seeing a drop. It seemed to start around November 16th. Uh, I'm gonna add that to my algo list. Um, if you're not familiar with my algo list, it's at mariehaines.com slash algo, A-L-G-O. And I keep up to date with, uh, anytime there was sort of a blip um, you know, or a change in something that could affect your rankings. So if you see that you have a drop on a particular day, you can look at the algo list and say, ah, you know, image uh, results were less on this day. Uh, or, you know, there was an update and we think it was related to links. So let's start looking at our link profile, um, things like that. So hopefully that's uh, helpful to you. I've been talking for the last few weeks about a bug in Google News uh, where some sites are having trouble getting indexed in Google News. This bug has apparently been fixed, but I hear a lot of people talking about the fact that they still can't get indexed in Google News. So the question is whether it's a bug or whether maybe their site just doesn't meet the criteria to get indexed. I kind of feel like there is still something going on there. So. Um, if you're struggling to get indexed in Google News, I would keep pushing Google on it. Uh, you know, you can um, uh, tweet at uh, Google Webmasters or also at John Mueller. Um, and if there is something that is uh, going on in, in on Google's side, then hopefully they will fix that soon. 
Uh, this was an interesting little Twitter poll by Matt Green. He asked, what's your favorite title tag separator? So in the title tag, uh, let's say you wanted to put, um, you know, the name of your article and then follow it up with your company name or what a lot of local SEOs do is put your phone number in the title tag. That's controversial, right? Because some SEOs will say, well, you don't want to put your phone number there because if people are, they're not going to be searching for your phone number. So that's wasted space in your title tag. Um, but a lot of people, if you're a local business, let's say you're a plumber and I do a search for emergency plumber in my city uh, and then I see right in the search results, ah, here's a phone number. I, I might be more likely to call you. So, you know, I think there is some credence for some businesses to putting your phone number in your title tag. So going back to this Twitter poll, 79% um, of the people uh, that were questioned or that answered this poll said that they prefer a pipe. So that's the straight up and down line to a dash or a slash. Interesting. Um, I use pipes too when I'm, if I am trying to separate a, a title tag that way. Um, somebody, David Iwano, uh tweeted a picture of a message that he got um, in the form of a manual action. And it was called social engineering content detected on uh, your website. So this uh, sounds like um, it might have to do with hacked pages. Uh, and so if you get this message, you do not want to ignore it. If you get any sort of manual action from Google or a message that comes through Google Search Console, they really only send that for the most part when something serious is happening. So you really want to pay attention to that. Um, I thought this was interesting. Uh, somebody named Juan uh, tweeted uh, a picture from, if you search Google on Bing, Bing has a thing that says, why go there when you can search here? <laughs> That's kind of petty, right? Um, so I, you know, I think... We don't pay enough attention to Bing. Um, you know, I, I think we should be. Uh, and that's one of the things that's on my list is to spend more time looking at uh, maybe we should be looking at what actually works for SEO and Bing um, and uh, looking at how much search volume our clients get. We focus so much on Google. I think sometimes we should uh, be looking at Bing as well. Let's talk a little bit about local SEO. I saw that Moz had unveiled their new local search ranking factors survey. Um, this sometimes is good, sometimes uh, not so good because one of the problems is that the survey is based on uh, petitioning people who are either in local SEO or running a local business. Um, and so what the survey said was, the top ranking factors for ranking in the local pack, so the maps listings are in this order, um, Google My Business signals such as proximity, like how close people are to your business, things like keywords in your business title, uh, link signals, reviews, on-page signals such as um, your name, address, phone number, and then they have citation signals under that. So citations mean, meaning um, your listings in directories like Yellow Pages or uh, directories that people would actually use. The problem with these surveys is that um, it's really just based on people's opinion. And so we could very easily circulate you know, hey, I think that links are super important. And then if I have a bunch of followers, then they all think that links are super important. And so these, you know, the, the, the fact that these are listed as the top ranking factors doesn't necessarily mean anything. On the other hand, a lot of the people who were taking this survey are people who day in and day out are dealing with local search. And so there is a lot of good stuff to be learned uh, from reading this post. 
Apparently, there's a new sign-up process for service area businesses in Google My Business. Um, so what that means is, uh, you know, you may not necessarily have a brick-and-mortar uh, office that you work out of. So if you are, say, a realtor or a plumber um, or somebody who, like, travels to other people's houses, then uh, you would want to have a service area business. And... Um, Apparently, there's a new step when you sign up for Google My Business that asks whether you want your address shown or not. Um, and so that's kind of an interesting thing. We've talked about this before, but Joy Hawkins again brought up the point as to whether or not you can use third-party reviews on your site. So let's say that I get a Yelp review that's fantastic and I want to put that on my website. Is Google going to be upset that I took that content from Yelp and put it on my site? So let's talk first about duplicate content in that sense. Um, we actually had this discussion with uh, some of my team members. We were doing a site review uh, just yesterday and one of the things that we noticed was that the site had uh, this author bio um, for one of their top authors and that bio was used on multiple pages of the site. It was on the home page, it was on all of their articles and so um, my team and I were discussing you know is this a problem? Is Google going to say oh you have thousands of pages with this blurb of duplicate content? I really don't think it's an issue provided that there is also good content on the page. So I think that Google is pretty good at figuring out what the main content of your page is. And if little blurbs of that content is duplicated from another source, that's not a big deal. The problem is if that's the main content on many of your pages and it's all the same, or if you have pages where the main content is just essentially copied from some other site, then that's where I start worrying about duplicate content like that. So going back to Joy's uh, post, she said, can you take this third-party information and put it on your own website? So John Mueller, uh, who she asked on Twitter about this question, he never answered her, um, but Joy found a, a quote from Barry from a while ago, uh, who was quoting John? It's getting kind of confusing here. Um, and the general consensus now is that yes, you can put that content on your website, but you have to be careful not to mark it up. So um, what I mean by that is you don't want to add schema to say like, hey, we got this five-star review, but really that review is copied from Yelp. Um, so if you're marking up data, if you're putting schema on um, information on your website, it has to be something that's unique to your website. Uh, so that's an important thing to know. Uh, I thought this was an interesting tweet by T Tim Capper. He noticed that in Scotland, if you do a search on Google Maps for blacksmiths, apparently they're all gone. <laughs> so Google My Business responded uh, saying that they're working on it. I'm not sure if that's been fixed as of yet. Um, I pointed this out last week, but Google My Business is trying to do more now to actually do customer support. So if you're struggling with some aspect of Google My Business, you can actually tweet at them. Um, and I've seen all the time that they'll say, sure, let's send us a send us a direct message um, so if you're using Twitter then you can send a message to Google my business asking a question about something that you're having trouble working with uh, spam that you're seeing I mean you can flag spam on the listing itself and I believe they said at one point that if you didn't see the spam resolved within three days that you could actually tweet at them and, and point out the specific instance so that's kind of good to know that Google is um, opening up more support options because uh, 
Uh, I know I get a lot of questions about local SEO and, um, you know, we refer a lot of people to the local search forum that Joy Hawkins runs. Uh, and, uh, and that is fantastic. I think they do a really good job there. Um, but I'm really happy as well that Google is adding some uh, support as well, because there's millions and millions of businesses that have questions. So that's good to see. Um, we talked a little bit before about Google My Business Insights being more up to date and apparently that uh, was a goof on Google's part. Uh, and so in the next three to six months, we should have that available where we can see insight data uh, that is up to date within you know the last couple of days. Um, and you know what? That's actually all that we've got for this newsletter. We've got about 20 minutes there of, uh, of, of discussion. I don't really have a whole lot more to add at this point. My team and I are very, very busy keeping up with site reviews. Uh, we're deciding uh, what we're going to do over Christmas holidays. I think we're probably going to shut things down for a little bit and work on some business development. Uh, those of you who are newsletter subscribers, we hope to have some really cool new uh, things coming out. I know some of you have had issues with, uh, with logging in and, uh, and other things like that. So we've got a whole new rehaul of newsletter hopefully coming up soon um, and we're going to continue I've made a commitment to try to uh, publish more content so that's exciting I love to write and I love to teach um, and I'm going to be doing a little bit less speaking so I'm still going to do this podcast and you'll still see, see me speaking I think my next event is uh at um, SFEMA in Florida, which really, really is a good conference. If you're trying to decide on a conference to go to, it's in Fort Lauderdale in March. And uh, I would be happy to give you more details if you are interested in going to that conference. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to do a little bit less speaking in the year to come and work more on uh, training my team and just putting some good content out for all of you who want to, uh, to listen and learn as we learn how to improve websites. So with that, I'm going to leave things. I wish you uh, the best of luck with your rankings and hope that you have a great week. Thank you.